0: back to another episode of backlash podcast this week we're going to talk to john betty with stealth tackle and kind of get you ready for the season because we're getting show season's over for brad and Carey. i have one more left and when you hear this one it'll be like another week and a half and i'll be at the wisconsin muskie expo and that will end my muskie expo season but brad and carrie you guys are already on the sideline i'm kind of jealous of their
1: well, we're not completely on the sideline, but we have one more stop that we build customs
0: at. But it's not a full-fledged muskie expo.
1: No, but we build quite a few baits at the Thorn Brothers Spring Sale. Right.
2: We do that. The beauty of it is, Jeff, is the normal preparing for shows is done for us, right? So mm-hmm. honestly, the last day and a half, all I've done is unload the carts with whatever we had stocked up for the shows. And they go back into the bulk bins and guess what? I get to load the trailer and that's where we store those carts and it feels good. Believe me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'll get to experience that same feeling in about, let's see here. What day is it? It says the eighth, uh, like 18, 10 days, 11 days, something like that. 12 days, maybe at the most. So.
2: Yeah. Well, it'll go quick, Jeff, as you know, I mean, this winter, it's amazing. When you're busy, things go quick and. That's kind of where we're at right now. Hopefully we can see uh, some light at the end of the tunnel for a nice spring and we're going to start shifting gears soon. That's for sure.
0: For sure. I mean, Brad, if you were to go make a trip in a lot of, you know, a lot of the Southern musky range, their waters are going to be open, you know, relatively soon. It's March. I mean, we're a week done with March. So we're, things are moving along. It's going to be fishing season before you know it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It uh, springs upon us, if you will. You know, it's kind of amazing how how quick things go. I feel like we just got back from Chicago and we ran to Milwaukee and then we hit the Minnesota Expo and here we are. We're done. It, it's pretty wild. But uh, busy things, busy times are, are good, I guess, is all you can really say. Honestly, I mean, I'm trying to think of what I'm going to do next. Um, I've been scheduling some film shoots for Mayhem's 10,000 cast. And I am scheduled to go south in May, but man, I'm getting the itch and I might have to go scratch it.
0: Are you going to take Carrie with you?
2: We are going to try to take her in May um, and potentially pull Mika out of class for that so that we can get out of here for a week. But we'll see how that all unravels as uh, the school year progresses. As you know, it's not easy pulling your kids from
0: school. It's not just bring her over here. She can go to school with Austin and you two can go fishing. (laughs)
2: And <laughs> it would be fun. But uh and she'd probably be all about it, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. I don't
0: know. She might not. No, she, yeah. she, if loves she can see Chase, Chase, then uh
2: she's probably gonna go towards Chase. That's true.
1: <laughs> any other any other time though, she'd be all about going to school with Austin. Yep.
0: They'd have to find a claw machine though.
1: <laughs> right. And we'd have to make a whole lot more money.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, the claw machine at the shows is always a hit with the kids. That's for
0: sure. And I think there's even
2: quite a few adults that enjoy that as well.
0: Yeah. I think, I think they make about half the money off that claw machine from people associated with my booth. (laughs) (laughs) And mine, especially when my kids are there. Yeah.
1: I think mine is the other half, honestly.
0: Yeah. I know Duff,
2: Duff from supernatural had his son here at the Minnesota expo and, And Jeff Schulte said, I'm really sorry about all the money he goes that uh, I'm sure you put into that machine. And and Duff just simply said, well, I'll tell you what. It's a great babysitter when you
0: need it. (laughs) (laughs) He's not wrong. (laughs) Well, it's pretty If
1: I didn't tell me because she had to make a pass back through the booth randomly so that we knew where she was, kind of. I don't know that we'd see her.
0: I don't think that you would. She just go booth to booth to booth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: She's a little visitor, that's for sure. Yeah, she's a social butterfly. That's a fact. Who does she get that from? Must be Carrie. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> 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 uh. Well, speaking of musky expos, we just want to thank everybody that came out this weekend in Minnesota, braved, I'd say, you know, less than ideal conditions on Saturday and Sunday morning to support us at the show. And so thank you. It was awesome to talk to many of our loyal listeners. They, It's amazing how many people make it a, uh, a habit to listen on Wednesday. And I met a couple that they said Wednesday's or podcast night is still date night, which I find to be absolutely crazy, but pretty cool at the same time. So we want to thank everybody for their support for you know coming out to the show and for this podcast.
2: You're right, Jeff. It's so cool when we go to the shows and we hear, you know, these people come up to us and thank us. It's truly incredible, and uh, I definitely feel blessed about that. And it feels good that uh, that they come and say hi.
0: I don't know that we've ever been to the Minnesota show since we started the podcast, so it was, uh, no, I don't think that we, I don't think we did, and I think we got cut short that year. And so... It was pretty cool. You know, like I said, I, I'm glad that a lot of people are still listening and enjoying the uh, the podcast, and that's awesome. Hopefully, we can try to keep things fresh and new so, you know, we can keep your attention for a longer while yet. I don't plan on giving up. Brad, the, you and Carrie are sticking around for a little while yet.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. You know, I, I truly enjoy doing this. Unfortunately uh, for you, you end up with more work because of it, but at the end of the day, I feel it's really well worth it.
0: I can tell you that most weeks I truly do enjoy it. This week, I absolutely am kind of dreading this. It's, uh, let's see here. It's almost one o'clock. It's past one o'clock, and this thing needs to be out by five o'clock in the morning tomorrow. And I still, you know, we're still catching up from show stuff. So it's a little rushed this week. That's why we're going to have a little shorter episode with John, but we got to get it done, right? Every single week.
2: Yeah. The funny part is, Jeff, is you have more than 12 hours. I know you, I know your work ethic. I think you're going to be okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get her done. But if this was the only thing I had to worry about, it'd be fine. But I think there's a, I don't know, like a talent show at school tonight and a a science project thing I got to go look at or something. So it's not like I have unlimited time this evening to get this done, but we'll get her done. She'll be up. Everybody will be listening to this tomorrow morning.
2: Awesome. Well, Again, we appreciate all the listeners and I think we just shift gears and dive right into it. So we cut some time for you, Jeff.
0: Absolutely. I don't
1: know. I'm still trying to figure out who wants to listen to you two on a date night.
0: I'm, I am too. I mean, I met the people. They seemed very nice and normal. So that's. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: uh, I yeah, mean, I
2: can think of a few other things to do besides listening to us ramble about nothing.
0: <laughs> right. Especially this week, date night's going to be a little bit short and terrible. <laughs> uh, that's not true. I don't want to give John a bad name. John does a great job for us. He's, you know, he's he brings information to the table. It's not always the, uh, you know, X's and O's about weed beds and in humps and all that kind of stuff. But his his stuff is very important to talk about as well.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Jeff, um, very knowledgeable guy, does a great job with his product definitely cares about what he's building and puts a lot of
0: effort into it.
1: And he has a lot of product that we don't always talk about.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: A lot of different things.
0: Yep. For sure. But before we get, before we bring on John, if you're looking for gear for your next musky fishing adventure, check out team rhino or musky mayhem Tackle.com And we would all appreciate any support that's given. So let's bring uh let's bring John on the phone. Our guest today is John Betty with Stealth Tackle. For anybody that wants to listen to more about John, I want to say John was probably episode, I don't know, one through five. It's going to be scary if you listen to those. It was brutal times for Backlash Podcast. but And then, John, I think we've had you on, I don't know how many other times, two other times maybe? Oh, at least a few. Yeah. We had John up once in a while when we need a little bit of terminal tackle information. And that's why we brought John on today. That and, I don't know, we were desperate for a guest and I know John's always going to answer his phone. (laughs) Sometimes I don't want to, but I always do. Right, exactly. All right, John, first things first, we just got done with a show in Minnesota. You just got done with a show in Pennsylvania. How was your weekend?
3: It was good. That this year, the crowds were down at all of them, and it just pretty much followed suit for where I was this weekend out in Pennsylvania. We had uh, beautiful weather out there, and all guys were actually getting out the rivers fishing this past weekend. It was 70-degree weather, so guys were coming in early, getting their stuff, and some of them uh, were heading out fishing. I know one, one bait maker, one of the glide bait guys, sold some baits, and two hours later, uh, they were texting them fish pictures, so those guys were chopping at the bit to get out. I think it was their first nice weekend and weekend of weather, so they got out and uh, got started out there already, which probably affected uh, people hanging out in- indoors at a show, but uh, overall, it was good. People coming out, spending, asking a lot of questions, and the guys out east are all commenting about the Backlash podcast. A lot of them like to, like to listen in out there, so you guys are reaching out to the our ends of the musky world
2: well that whole world out there and i think sometimes it gets forgotten about that's for sure and you know pa has a ton to offer as long as well as the states surrounding it so you know it's it's kind of a crazy area i think a lot of people from the midwest forget that there's really good musky fishing out that direction yeah you really don't realize how much
3: you know they have with all those tributaries and rivers and everything you know i guess And their stocking program out there is really, really strong. they got a few clubs that do a lot of good things out there as well with their programs. So, you know, they're just doing really good things out there. And its I don't want to say it's untapped because, you know, they do have a lot of anglers out there. But I I think that us here in the
2: Midwest, we don't realize, you know, how far out that uh, these fisheries go. Well, as I said, you know, I think uh, we just neglect to think about it. You know, that's the weird part. But, I mean, muskies span the whole country. I mean, if you start going Mm -hmm. out west, you start talking tigers, which we just did a couple weeks ago. And uh, there's a lot to be offered out there, whether it's south or north, and it's pretty cool. Absolutely. What does Stealth Tackle have that's new for 2022, John? Well, this
3: year we came out with a new product, which certainly was not anything that we created or invented. And Brad, you can probably uh, confirm this. Back when the shallow invaders first came out because of the design with the hard body and the soft tail, the hook placement on it wasn't uh, probably the absolute best it could be. So right out of the gate, people that started using those baits You know, and having success with them, we're also having problems with the hooks tangling and missing a few fish here and there. Guys started creating uh, their own way to extend that back hook out. So basically through the years of having so many people coming to us because being involved with wire leaders and making extensions for them. So I talked to Brad Rue back in the fall. I said, hey, I'm going to start making these things. Do you mind if I, you know, kind of incorporate it into into your lure? You know, I mentioned that easily. Absolutely, we just decided to pre-make them and put them in a little kit with the split rings to attach them to take the guesswork out of guys having to cut the wire to the right length and and all of that. Where it's just pretty much a simple
2: put it through the eyelet, put the split ring on, and put your back hook on, and you're ready to go. Yeah, that's awesome, John. You know, I think it could be even probably used, and you're going to tell me whether or not this is true, but. You know, if you have fish that are nipping some of these smaller crankbaits, can you utilize it in that application as well? Yeah, absolutely. You just, you want to be careful depending on the bait. It'll work with a lot of baits doing that.
3: Had some guys trolling on St. Clair that were were doing hook extensions on some of the baits that they use. You just want to stick it in the water and and make sure, depending on what lure it is, that it's not affecting the tail action of the lure at all with it hanging back a little further. And you might have to play around maybe with, downsizing that back hook a little bit more than you would if it was the normal size that came on the bait just because it's trailing a little bit further back so it might create a little bit different action on the back of it but i'd say 80 90 percent of the lures out there will be fine and absolutely
2: they're going to help convert some of those tail nippers and get them to the net can you share exactly what's all in that kit when they buy that john Basically, it's just the
3: two wire uh, leads, so that you got you can do two baits. You only need one per bait, and then we give you a, a split ring for each of those, so that you can uh, attach it. You basically slip the wire through the back eyelet, attach it with the split the split ring that we give you to the front uh, hook hanger, because you don't want to attach it to the split ring that has the hook on it. And then uh, you reattach the split ring of the hook that came out of the ruler at the back end of it, and you it's basically it, very simple. You can run it straight out the back, up high by the tail if you're running it over real shallow cover, rocks, or weeds, or you can bend it down a little bit. It seems, it's what I prefer, is to bend it down a little bit. That seems to help with those short strikes a little bit more, having it hang down at the back. And then it's long enough so that the hooks don't tangle together.
2: Right. Absolutely. I think uh, it's a great idea. And I know I've made my own at different times as well, John. And it's something that if you don't have wire and things at your access, it's a perfect setup for uh, just buying it over the counter. So I think it's a great idea. Let me ask you this. Do you ever put shrink tube on that rear hook then? I have not. You could. I'm sure that would improve upon it a little bit for keeping it from hanging down. I don't see why it wouldn't help it out a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the things that I guess, I I think it depends on the bait too. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. that hook swinging back there gives that bait potentially a little more action as well, but Mm -hmm. something to Mm -hmm. consider. Yep.
1: So John at the Minnesota Muskie Expo in our booth anyway, this weekend, we got a lot of questions on how do you add weight to some of our baits and there's always option like we do make some heavier versions like team rhino has heavier versions on pretty much everything that we make for them Mm -hmm. and there's a few other stores that have heavier versions but don't you also make a weighted leader we do
3: we make a wire weighted leader uh in three sizes half ounce three quarter ounce and one ounce and it's basically a wire leader with a uh, bullet sinker on the end of it right before, right ahead of the snap. And they work out really good anyway for people that maybe, you know, not so much with, with something like, Hey, a, uh, a bell sinker or something off of it is, is pretty simple, but you know, some, some guys that don't want to drill into say a wood bait or a plastic bait and worry about ruining the action of the lure. So it's an easy way to just change out your leader and you've added the weight and you're good to go. And the three sizes are pretty much what we came up with. You know, your small half outs work great with uh, the, the smaller bucktails like the, the rabbit girls or the rabbit squirrels. They work really great with that because they, uh, they help, especially if it's windy, you can get those baits out, cast them a lot further. And when you're burning the in, the blades don't blow out. Three quarter ounce is pretty much the middle of the road. Probably the most versatile one that you could use with just about anything. And then the one ounce, the heavier one, we sell a lot of those to guys in the fall that like using them with bigger jerk baits to get the jerk baits down a little bit deeper. So those are the three sizes they come in. And a lot of guys that, that use them usually wind up coming back and buying more from us.
2: So is that something that you've incorporated in your trolling wire leaders as well, John, or no? We do have a, a trolling leader that we do. Kevin Pischke over on
3: Green Bay is kind of the guy that pushed me to make them for him, and he had people coming through his boat. It's a little bit different setup. Those are on a floral leader, and those are more like a, uh, it's a fish head weight, so I kind of... Helps act as a keel as well as catch a lot of weeds and stuff like that that are going down your line to keep the bait running clean. And then, of course, obviously, you know, get your depth where you can control your depth a little bit more and get a little deeper. And we do those in three sizes, one ounce, two ounce, and three ounce. I think I know a retailer that carries those.
0: (laughs) I think I might know one too. (laughs) You know, so John, kind of shifting on... Not, it was talking leaders, but away from you know the weighted stuff. Brad had kind of hinted, or actually it was you. I think you were telling me you couldn't build me some trolling leaders, the solid solid wire trolling leaders, because you had to mess with a leader for this grenade. Why don't you talk about which kind of leader we're supposed to use f- for the grenade? Because allegedly they sold a couple of those this winter.
3: We built one that I think is maybe we overbuilt it. I don't know. It's it's a super heavy. 325 pound wire leader and it's uh, about 18 19 inches long and we stressed it at the shows that we had them at this year as well you want to make sure you use a log leader because when those when those baits are falling and those fish come down over the top and hit them they're they're usually grabbing the leader first before they're even getting to the body of the lure it's not going to feel like much. I mean, you guys could probably test this more than I can. It's going to feel like a little tick and all of a sudden everything's going to be gone because they're, they're grabbing your, if you're using a standard 12 or 14 inch leader or even a shorter one, they're going to have your line in the mouth before they uh, get to the bait. It's just going to cut it off. So we built it so that it'll last and hold up. And with them hitting that, that leader first, we're using the heavy wire to keep that, you know, so you can get multiple fish out of that thing because using the lighter wire, it's just going to, it's going to cake that much easier. So by going heavier, you're not going to go through as many, as many liters as well.
2: Yeah, I think where it really came about too, John, is, you know, as I was R&Ding that grenade bait, we had it happen three times actually, where mm. basically you felt that tick you're talking about, and it, we weren't done letting it fall, right? So the fish are eating mm-hmm. it on the drop. And so, mm-hmm. being so forward head heavy, it's dropping, and that leader kind of stands up right next to the bait as it's falling. And uh, mm-hmm. right. I guess it's almost like fishing a, a Carolina rig for bass, where all of a sudden you just see your line jump. You might not even feel it. And so, when that line would jump, and you'd go, you know crank down and like try to set the hook and bang you feel the weight of the fish and it's gone they're just cutting mm-hmm. your line so right it's been a great huh. tool ever since you created those leaders we've not had that issue again you know i like i
3: told people about telling you you have to use that one we designed that one so that it works well with the lure as well as keeps you from having to constantly change out leaders that are getting destroyed But you definitely want to use a longer leader
2: with them. It's kind of a hindrance maybe going into the figure eight and what have you. But at the end of the day, you're securing your bait as well as securing a a fish from having a bait stuck in its mouth.
1: Just an adjustment. You just need to get used to the 20-inch leader. If I can do it, anybody can do it. (laughs)
2: That's right. If
3: you you can't figure eight with a longer leader, practice more, right? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: So, John, with uh, many musky anglers, their seasons are right around the corner. Why don't you offer up some suggestions on things people should do to get ready for the season?
3: Yeah, sure. Well, one, you know, one of the things, the easiest thing to neglect is your terminal tackle. And, and, you know, everybody goes out and you buy your new baits for the year and you're ready to get going and everything. And then it comes down to get ready to leave for their trip or actually get in the boat and going, oh, man, I was going to replace those leaders from last year. or uh, I used this leader a lot last year and, well, it still looks good. I'll just, you know, get through this trip with it. You know, now is a good time to get out in your boat, not just with your terminal tackle, but make sure your tools, you know, are all good and ready to go and go through your leader box and uh, make sure that everything is uh, good to go. You know, with your wire, if you got a bunch of wire leaders that, that have been pretty beat up. If you're using stranded wire and you see any strands poking out of them, you know now you've got well, a weaker leader because those strands have popped. So you want to replace those. Solid wire. You got to remember one thing with solid wire. If you got some leaders that are kinked and you bend them back a couple times and keep using them, that's fine. But every time you you bend wire, you weaken wire. So you want to keep in mind if you bent that leader back in, back straight after a couple of fish you created a weak point in that leader. So it's a good time to think about maybe changing those out, getting, getting fresh fresh wire leaders in there. The floral carbon, I get a lot of questions on, when do I know when to replace the floral carbon? General rule of thumb that I use, if I can run my finger down the floral carbon and I feel some little burrs on there, I'd probably keep using it. If I run it down there and my nail stops in the floral carbon, that's a pretty significant uh, nick in there. And again, now you've got a weaker product, you want to think about changing that out. And then of course the last thing is your snaps. Snaps don't last forever. Whether you're catching fish or not, every time you open close that lure to change out a bait, you, you weaken that snap. So it's a really good idea to start the season with all new first snaps so that uh, you're all ready to go. And we usually recommend changing your snaps out every couple hundred bait changes.
2: Well, the beauty of it is, John, is that all of those things you're talking about, you definitely offer online, correct? Yes, absolutely. And not only that, but I know Team Rhino offers it and several other different stores out there offer your products as well. And, and I would definitely say that Stealth has always been superior in my mind. So I love working with your stuff, John, and you always do a great job with all of it.
3: Yeah, we try to stay on top of it. We try to also help people out as much as we can with uh, keeping people educated as much as we can. You know, I mean, the last thing we want to do is see uh, people losing fish or or leaving baits and fish is going to harm them. But then, you know, with the prices of things, you got to protect your investment as well, too. So uh, definitely it's worth taking a few extra minutes to. To go through your leaders and all your terminal stuff even split rings if you notice a split ring starting to maybe get a little wide from putting on and off a bait you know change them out you know we're talking about the we spend a lot of money in this sport and we're probably talking about the least expensive part of everything we do so it's worth just taking a a few minutes and investing a few bucks and in uh making sure that you're gonna eliminate failures
2: well, if you're anything like me, it seems like I keep buying packages of Staylocks and then I lose them, and then I, I refine them like six months later, and in the meantime, I've ordered like three or four different packs over the year. <laughs> That's probably
3: the, the biggest thing that people tell me at the shows is, I bought a bunch of leaders from you last year, but I don't remember what I did with them, so I need to buy more. <laughs> so,
2: uh, So that works out good for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good problem for you. That's for sure. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I got another question, John. I, I believe this is true. You offer some different lines as well. And I know after having you on three, four times over the years, can you talk about line? I don't think we've ever talked about that. Well, as far as like your made line? Yeah.
3: We're a distributor for high seas, who we get a lot of our supplies. High seas is a division of uh, American Fishing Wire. And they're real popular in the saltwater and the bass world. So when they started growing a little bit, they wanted to tap into the muskie market a little bit more. And so we started introducing their uh, high seas grand slam braid, which through the years is, you know, it's held up really good. A lot of people are using it. It's just a good high quality braided line. that's pretty user friendly compared to other stuff on the market that, is uh, a little stiff when you go to break it in, or the dye starts coming out of the line, and you wind up with green hands or a green t shirt, you know, for the dye bleeding out on it. And uh, really tough stuff, lasts a long time. So it's, uh, it's, it's good, you know, real good high quality braid that we've been offering.
2: Uh, how about mono? Are you also selling mono? I know, like myself, I'll mix in some mono lines with my trolling rigs. And so yeah. I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, we were, uh, same thing. hi seas makes a uh,
3: monofilament line. They also make a coal polymer, which is like a blend of, uh, monofilament and a floral carbon, which is a little more expensive, but guys, guys have been running that as well. Um, you know, so we offer those, uh, 40 or 50 pound test is what the musky guys seem to stick with. uh or at least based on our sales of it. And uh, I use all model trolling except for maybe my downrots just from the aspect that if you're trolling a lot and you're using braid and you find you're you're losing a lot of fish, switching over to bottle can really help you because it's got so much stretch in it that it's got a little more, give. it's a little more forgiving than braid is. So you don't have to be as accurate with tuning your dragon as you do if you're trolling braid with your trolling braid you got to have it you know just right so that those fish stay pinned without going too light where they're able to throw the hooks Motto's a little more forgiving it's got that stretch to it and i found when i went to model it helped
2: me start putting more fish in the boat trolling yeah absolutely i, I run a mix i mean i do run some sure. braid as well john and you know, sometimes I think about how that line kind of sings in the in the water. Where mm-hmm. sure, I think mono is a little different than braid. Then we can step it up to wire, and I know you got me set up last year to run a wire rod, and actually, I never ever got it completed. I never put the <laughs> wire on a reel yet, but I need to get yeah. that done here for sure. Yeah,
3: we also they have the uh, it's called monel trolling wire. We offer that as well, and. But like you said, I don't have a lot to offer on it because I haven't really, I got the same thing. I got, I want to rig one up and use it. So I at least know what I'm talking about a little bit. I do run copper line on Lake Michigan when I'm trolling salmon and you know, it just seems like there's something to it. I think it's like you said, you get that sound difference with it kind of like downrigger wire. And I think it helps when things are tough maybe call it in a few more fish for you but uh, i've got a little experience using it out there but not so much with the musky stuff and yeah same as you i got you know a reel and a rod here that i need to rig up with it
2: give it a try i think one of the other potential benefits from using a wire is that if you do get into a patch of weeds a lot of times it'll cut those weeds versus just grabbing them and letting them slide down to your bait yeah for sure, definitely. That's where, you know, want to play around with it more musky fishing because
3: the salmon bite out here, we don't have that problem at all. So that's, that doesn't come into play. But I, you know, in theory, absolutely. That's, you know, trolling a weed edge or something, it's going to keep your line that much cleaner. I was just going to mention the other thing with doing the the model wire, you just got to make sure that you use a twilly tip on the end of your rod uh, so that the rod, so that the, the wire does it break as it's going through that islet
2: yeah i know uh that's one thing i i did all of that john i just never got the the line on the reel so right yeah there's one of those winter projects like you talked about to begin this whole show is you know get in your boat start looking at some stuff and it's amazing what what you actually potentially forget before the season starts yeah winter's long but and then
3: all of a sudden, spring's here before we know it. You know, maybe we just get lazy, I don't know, or maybe we're on the road too much. Yeah, it just seems like, you know, you're going through a nice long winter and you're like, can't wait till spring's here, Then all of a sudden, all the stuff that you were going to do creeps
2: up on you all at once. Absolutely. That doesn't happen to Jeff, though. No, <laughs>
0: no,
2: he's got it made.
0: No, yeah, I got it all figured out, Brad. I got all my stuff ready to go ready for the season. <laughs> I can do that. There's a reason why this podcast is going to be short, Brad. <laughs> I'm gonna. John and I are going to drag this out so you have more to edit. I'm the one that hits the record button, so this this is going to end whenever I decide it's going to end.
3: <laughs> I was going to say, is that because you're cutting my check short for doing that? <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how the episode goes over. <laughs> oh. So, John, I know a lot of people, you know, starting out their seasons, they like to tend to go small. If they're going that direction, what are some recommendations for leaders that they should consider?
3: Yeah, you know, early in the year, I'm not a, a, a big proponent of using short leaders, but there is a type of a place for them, and that's that's pretty much early in the season when we're downsizing our baits, and it really takes a lot of action from a lure to, to – to trick a fish into, into biting, especially if they're going into spawn mode or coming out of spawn mode or it's full blown spawn going on. You r- we really got to figure out ways to, to trick these fish. And it's a time of year where they're not really crushing these lures as much. So you could get away with a shorter leader. And the other thing with the shorter leader early in the year is it's going to help those smaller baits get a little bit better action like your smaller rattle baits or small twitch baits or little glider jerk baits even so we do offer a wide variety of different uh, smaller leaders for early early in the season for a variety of different lures really our first one that we ever did was the rattle bait leaders for the guys down in kentucky because if you use the conventional Standard twelve-inch musky leader with snaps and swivels on it—it it was just killing the action of those lures. So we created a smaller wire leader, got rid of all the uh, hardware on it as much of the hardware as we could to help get the full action out of those those lures. And it really helped those guys down there put a lot more fish in the boat early in the year. And you know that kind of transformed into. Going smaller, you know, your other smaller baits, like your small jerk baits or twitch baits, are the same principle. Well, if we eliminate swivels and we eliminate, you know, bulky, larger snaps and downsize or go to solid rigs, we're really able to get a lot better action out of these, out of these smaller lures. Uh, your, your baby squirkle is one that, it comes to mind that, you know, uh, a small, short wire leader and you eliminate the hardware on that thing and direct connect it with a split ring, just, it makes a world of difference with the action of those lures. And, you know, the fish are the ones that are telling us that it works. Downsizing early in the year, even going to a lighter line, like instead of using our traditional 80 or 100 pound braid, drop it down to to a 65, which is going to help also. A little bit lighter rods, smaller reels just making it easier for using this, this smaller equipment at a time of year that, you know, it works and it's not a problem because like I said before, once we start transitioning into the bigger stuff, you definitely want to wanna put that smaller stuff away. For early in the years, guys start out out down by me, Illinois, Indiana, heading down to Kentucky and even out east, southeast, you know, Uh, fishing down there although down there i hear they're already probably using bigger lures from my understanding but yeah it definitely makes a difference and 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 it'll help you out and like i said the fish are the ones that, that told us it works more so than anything because guys catch ratios just started going up when they started matching the right leader to the to the right lure
0: you know, John, this is a little off topic, but you mentioned the baby squirkle. I—I mean, have you made enough money at uh, shows this winter to purchase yourself another bait company? Absolutely not. I mean, I, I thought this was the deal. We're—we're going to transition that over to you. No, no, no. <laughs> I'll give you an excellent that, deal.
3: No, the—the the problem was that other guy that—that that you got that from. He just—you know—he—he he disappeared. On he ran.
0: Yeah, he took Ooh, his money yeah. and he's
3: out of here. <laughs> well, that guy, you need to find that guy, you know.
0: <laughs> Thought I'd try. <laughs> All right, so, John, you know, Brad and you and I, we kind of talked a little bit. Even Carrie jumped in on this one, so that means you're extra important because she only sticks around for important guests. But, All right. you know, we talked a lot about what you offer and for people that want to check out everything that you offer because if you're into building leaders and everything, you have – Pieces and parts of lots of terminal tackle. Where do they go about checking everything that you have to offer out?
3: Well, our website is StealthTackle.net, and basically, yeah, I mean, even you know, we don't just sell leaders. There's a lot of people that just like to that enjoy building their own, and you know, so we do offer pretty much everything you need to build your own because you know we we stock all the components for ourselves, so we. We're able to offer them to people when we have you know enough supply on hand, but wire, fluorocarbon, swivels, snaps, rigs We pretty much stock everything that, that we use to make our own leaders. So it's all quality stuff. Um, the high-seas braid, if you need braid, we sell that in every size spool they make. And we also uh, offer a full line of uh, tools, you know, for not only just for building uh, your own leaders and equipment, but also some of the release tools, some vice pliers. We got the uh, IPEX hook cutters available. Well, we will, we ran out at the shows. Those will be replenished soon. Um, so, you know, a little bit of everything. We try to, 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 to stock and inventory stuff that maybe is more obscure than a lot of the, the that maybe bait companies that wouldn't have on hand. We try to, keep it all aligned with, with, with our terminal tackle or tools and what have you, et cetera. So, uh, and then of course we offer our, uh, the top water one-eyed Willie lures as well that we took over and that's enough lures for us, Jeff. We don't want any more lures. Uh, the willy walk the dog top waters in two sizes, seven inch and nine inch, real good summer baits and, and late summer. We, uh, offer a little bit of lures
0: too. Well, John, I want to thank you for coming out and uh, talking terminal tackle with everybody. It's not always the most fun thing to talk about, but definitely a very no. important thing to talk about. Obviously, like yep. you said, that's the connection between us and the fish. So it's very important. And we mm-hmm. want to thank all of our listeners for stopping in and checking out another episode. And we'll find everybody again next Wednesday.
3: Thanks a lot for having me.